CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. The government and the political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. But sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right, when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to Cross Politic with Gabe Wrench, the Water Boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. Hello, y'all. Welcome to Cross Politic. This is not sure what David's trying to do here, but we are coming at you from Moscow, Idaho. What's going on here? We have Pastor Toby back. What do you mean? Welcome, Welcome back. back. Oh, there hey, we go. Hey. There we go. Hey, guys. I forgot you even was a part of the show. I, I, really, we, mi- I really missed you guys. We, we barely missed we you. We missed you. Barely? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know you can't I play all your you. cards at one time. Oh, no, guys. No, ease them back into it? Yeah, ease them back. I mean, you, you missed a little bit. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I was I was doing some cross politic evangelism actually. Oh, so you got to do it like that. I, I went on a trip, Ooh. and I took some cross politic fight, laugh, feast, Coffee. sovereignty roast. Yes, did you really across the country mm. to it- Indianapolis? Okay, Bloomington actually, flyover country. Yo, yo, and I I went there and I gave it to uh, some friends there, and they loved it. And they loved it. Uh, good. Yeah. Yes. Well, oh, oh yeah, they loved it. Well, in, in that fact, case, in fact. That's like the second time I've ever gotten to try my own co- our own coffee. <laughs> one, one time, you did ma- you like it? Oh, it was good. Yeah, I only got to fly across the country <laughs> to try try it. our coffee. That's an expensive cup. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah, it good. was worth it. Well, welcome but, back, man. Hey, yeah, no, uh, it was it was it was great. It was very refreshing. Uh, with, I spent uh, four day five days with my wife. Um, oh, man, uh, we in the you know. It was just great. We flew out on oh, Valentine's Day. You didn't miss Day. us at all, then. You didn't miss us one no, bit. No. Okay. Well, you're right. I lied. You're right. I lied. I didn't think about you at all. Yeah, time no. with your wife, man. Yeah. No, it was, it was awesome. It was really refreshing. We, and we, you went to a pastor's conference. We went to a pastor's yeah. conference yep. at Clear Note Church yep. in, oh, nice. uh, in Bloomington. Uh, pastor Tim Bailey there. Um, it was on actually pastoring in a post-Obergefell world. Mm. So it was on all like the sexual confusion and um we gotta get some nuggets from that conference. Oh man, I I've already I'm I'm uh, I'm 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 fixing as, as you owe me some contact as, info. As Gabe would say. That's right. Amen. I'm fixing I'm fixing to get you some to, content. To get you some contact information. Mm. because um, there's some uh, there's some gold there that we need to need to get. And I wanna give a little shout out. My wife and I stayed with uh the Killingsworths, the family oh, wow. there. Jody Killingsworth is the worship pastor at Clear Note Church. He's also the lead singer of My Soul Among Lions, which, oh, is, yeah. which is a band that is currently working on setting all of the psalms to music. Yeah, I've heard of them. It's like a folk sound. Yeah. Um, they have the first 10 psalms out already, the yeah. first album. It's on iTunes. You can get it right yeah. now. I own a copy. And um, they have the second volume, I Got. Oh, you do? I got. Did they give one to the studio? Gave one That's to, what we care Give one to me. Oh. And, and you, you didn't bring it so we can play it? I did. Maybe, it maybe we can pull it out. It's on my laptop. Oh, and your laptop is closed on the desk. Okay, we're going to pull that up for the next segment. We'll pull yeah. it up for the next segment. Definitely going to pull that up. This is Psalms yeah. 11 through 20, 
and and I just I mean it's a it's 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 awesome. Have you been listening to the first I have. one? Yeah, I really enjoy the, the first they, one. They're just you know it's 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 just straight text. You know it's it's just meditating on on the Psalms. Um, my wife and I have been so blessed by it, and and these guys are just solid. You know I just love seeing you know God working in them. We should have great. them on the show. Well, yeah. well, I'm on the show, and we'll put a link out to their yeah, album. But get email. my yeah. soul among lions. Their Psalms available um, on iTunes. iTunes. Yes. Anyways, it was it was so refreshing. So a little shout out now. Now since we know. Jody, when we're we know when we're playing it around the house, you know sometimes right, it's right. kind of loud. You know, my wife will be like, just call out to the kids and be like, "Hey, can you guys turn down Jody?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a little love for. I, I just want you to know too, your vacation time is done. Yeah, like you don't have any you more vacation time. You cannot do that time. to us. Again. No, you're no. done. You only had no, two days. I heard. <laughs> I heard that you guys talked about me behind my back. Nope. You got to listen to the episodes. No. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> I, 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 no, I did. I did try. So, you know, you, you usually bring in our segments, uh, uh-huh. especially on the second and third. Right. And I tried to sound like you um, when I brought you in, when I brought in what? the segment. Yeah. You let him do that. I was David. like, welcome back. No, hey, 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 hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Don't get us in trouble now. He's got a, you know, anyway. I don't know how okay. It was yeah. fun. It was welcome fun. back, bro. We're happy yeah. to have you hey, back. It's, yeah. it's great to be back. And- so, so let's get over to cr- some cross politic news. Oh, okay. And, and speaking of the Obergefell um, decision, yeah. um, we got a couple kind of uh, clips around that. First, um, you guys probably don't follow the WNBA. What's that? I mean, not. That's that's the National Women's Lesbian Basketball, Basketball so, League. So she, yeah, <laughs> you know where I'm going. At. Uh-oh. Um, Uh-oh. There's there's uh, uh, Candace Wiggins who'd been in, in the WNBA um, since 2008, so been there for a while. Um, uh, she retired this last year. She wanted to keep. She she had a couple more years in her to play, but she retired. And and the big thing that she named, she she said it, this is an ESPN. This is all over. Um, this past week, but uh, um, uh, she said about ninety eight percent of the league was lesbian, and that she was basically she used the term bullied for being straight. And so she she said it just sucked the soul out of her, and that's why she she left the WNBA this last year. Um, and I, I, I was talking to my wife, you know, last, last night about this, or maybe it's two day, two nights ago, but one of the problems with sports, uh, I'm totally for women in sports. My sisters played basketball growing up and yeah. my dad coached their teams, all that stuff. But one of the problems, what happens is, is they want to be like men in sports. And so they masculine, masculinize basically their sport. And then they turn it into, and then, and then you get some of these cultural results that you get, you know? Uh, Any thoughts? Any thoughts on that? Well, are there some, you know, there's some sports that I don't even know if women should be playing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just some things. And some some sports I'm wondering how much we should be even engaging with, too. Some of them kind of bother me. I mean, I, as much as I like watching. Um, golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy's skirts and golf are too high. Croquet. <laughs> you know, no. You know, um, the MMA fighting stuff, you know, when I see the women's matches come on, I just turn that off. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. can't. Right. I can't watch it. I just can't no, watch it. It's, it's, just, it's evil. And, and and because of that, it's made me wonder how much of it I'm, I should be enjoying with the man, too. Like, I like to see guys fight. We agree to some terms, and everybody's yeah. fighting. And, and usually the men that are fighting are very gracious at the end of a match. Hey, man, thank you for the fight. You know, they know it's a business deal. Hey, yeah. thank you for paying. You know. Yeah. Um, and Bo- so, boxing. Boxing, yeah. Boxing and MMA is a little different. The sure. damage that can be done from MMA <laughs> oh, yeah. sure. is far different than that, you know. But, but most of, of those boxing. athletes are are sportsmen. 
They're sports. Well, yeah, most, most, of, most yeah, of them are sportsmen. Most of them are sportsmen. I mean, you always have the one that's like, I'm going to kill you. Right. I'm going to eat your family. And they kind of turn <laughs> so, into Mike Tyson, you know. But, so, sure. what's the difference between women being sportsmen and MMA being evil and men yeah. being sportsmen and MMA being maybe okay for them? Because men were made to fight. Mm-hmm. Men were made to, to defend their families, defend their neighbors, and to protect and lay their lives down. They were made for that. And so they can practice it. And, and they can practice it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and women were made to give life, right? They were made to be uh, to cultivate life, nurturers to yeah. be to be nurturers uh, right. to glorify life. They're the glory of man. That's right. That's and, right. And and to and it's for the same reason that we should object to them being in the MMA and boxing and these other. And I think and I think even of the uh, many other sports, yeah. there should be Christians should be thinking about if if, if there's a way for um, this to be done in a feminine way. Then, right. then great, praise God. Let's go for it. Yeah, but it can't be. It can't. We can't pretend that it's just the same. Yeah, it's not. Well, in girls basketball, I think one of the reasons that WNBA doesn't do so good and they're trying to push a campaign is just that basketball has such a strong dominance to it. You know, elite players um, uh, dunking. You know, some of them you see now. Every girl that dunks now in the WNBA, I get confused if it's a guy <laughs> or not at a moment. Like, well, I, in our I, culture, it could be. It, <laughs> If, yeah, yeah. if he identified, if she's decided, if, she, if he defi- decided, yeah. yeah. So it's hard to know, and and it's hard for I don't you don't want to watch it because there's a certain sort of yeah. you know the sport itself demands a certain sort of masculinity to even play the game and to do well at playing the game that to push a woman to that level of right. of competition is turning her into a masculine person. Right. You know, here's, here's a little quote, a little, little teaser, from Pastor Tim Bailey. I was just at the conference. Oh, that's right. This is perfect. He right? said he said this. He says biology is destiny. Mm. And a re- a rejection of your biology is a rejection of God's calling on your life. Mm. When yeah. God when God yeah. creates a person, male or female, He has biologically given you a calling. Right? Mm. He's giving you a calling. Yeah, yeah. He, he He says, "I'm calling you to represent me as a woman," and and that includes your biology. Right. You're you're a you're made. Uh, to be a life giver, uh, a nurturer, and so on. And and when he creates a man, he creates a man to be strong, to be a defender, to be a fighter, to lay his life down uh, and sacrificially uh, for his family and for those around him. Right. Uh, that's that's a that's a divine calling of God. It's embedded in our biology. Well, and and and, we, and so it's not an accident though that we live in a world that is 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 defying God and and it's defying God in, in the place where God has put his own image right. in a in, in unique ways. Right. As a man, as a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're in rebellion against God. So of course we're in rebellion against, you know, the biology. Right. We're, so we're, we, we want to redefine the image. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make my own destiny. Yep. Right, make my own destiny, but that's rebellion against God. Biological it's, denier. Yeah, that, this is yeah. interesting because I just got done watching today. I don't know if you saw this, but on uh, did you see, did you see it, Gabe? I think he sent it to me. It was on uh, Fox. The Fox yeah, Fox debate. News. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Tucker Carlson um, yeah. talking with Zach. Is it Petkus? I don't know. I don't guy, know how to say his last name. The guy was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe, you've been sucking. How do you really feel? Man. <laughs> no, and and what was was crazy was they were just talking about this exact thing. He has to come back and pick on vulnerable kids. Okay. These kids, okay. these kids are the most vulnerable children okay. in the country. Slow down, Zach. So he's talking about the transgender kids yep. um, now not being able to use a transgender bathroom or using the bathroom of their choice. And he said they're the most vulnerable kids in the country. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think of a, a few other most vulnerable children, you know, like the one in the womb. Yeah. 
Like, he cares you about... Because like, he cares like, wait, about vulnerable if you, children. If you're going to start caring yeah. about vulnerable children, sir, I, I'll I'll take you up on that and raise you. Why don't you start a little earlier than they can go to the bathroom for themselves? Yeah. Right? Well, and also connected to that. Like, I mean, if he thinks they're vulnerable, which they are, so lie to him. Right. Right? It's like, I'm going to lie to my that this kid and let him think that they could be a girl or let her think that she could be a, a boy. It's like... You're just lying to him. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's Hold get no, let's no. get to the core of the issue. Do you Absolutely. Mind? Look, I get that you're. I'm never going to get you to say that that Obama should have done it. That's fine. Let's get, move from the politics to the science because this policy has <laughs> implications that go far beyond bathrooms and locker rooms. The core question is what constitutes male and female, and the implication of these guys. God. Constitutes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he won't. He won't say that. No. No. He'll say Obama science. Put in place is that. A man is someone who says he's a man, and a woman who's, is someone who says she's a woman. You get to decide your gender. You're, there's no biological anchor to sex anymore. It's all determined by the individual. So my obvious question That's for you truth. is, That's truth. how yeah. do I know if a person's male or female? Is there some other absolute standard that people have to meet Uh-oh. to be male or female? Uh-oh. He said absolute, absolute. standard. Absolute. There's yeah. no absolute. Yeah. Other than what they say. One's gender identity is is enough to show what gender they are, and so if you're okay. confused about so that, I mean, he I just basically paused there. He just basically said your gender identity, how you see yourself, is what determines right. your biological. But there's self. no reason then why yeah. you can't change throughout the day. I want to be yeah. white today. Can I yep. be white? Yeah. yeah. Can I be white? Yeah. Yeah. Because somebody, please tell the police I'm white. Uh, I want to be. <laughs> I want to be black so I can get reparations. <laughs> you know, to your. Level of they ain't coming, by the way. It's not about moral status. This is a real question because there are all kinds of institutions in American life that function on a sex-segregated basis. Women's college, sports, both professional and amateur, prisons. And so you're telling me that I can play on a woman's sports team when I say I'm a woman. Well, we are. What we are saying is that in this guidance with public schools, mm-hmm. which we're ta- in, and the vulnerable kids that are there, that there are specific guidelines that these teachers and these supervisors and these principals asked for in how to create safe. Okay, but safe now you're going back spaces. to the first question. You but, just but, said but a second. Get him. Right, stop, stop right here. One of the things. One of the things that he's complaining about is that Trump took away Obama's guidelines right. on transgender bathroom policies. Right. Right. He's like. But, he's like. Hold on. Our superintendent here in Moscow, Idaho, needs guidelines. Yeah, right. on on transgender bathroom policies. By the way, he's skirting the question. Absolutely, yeah, yeah totally. He, he's, he's skirting the question. Who, who's the Who's the guy that is talking sense on here? Uh, Tucker. Tucker. Tucker, Tucker yeah. Carl, Carlson. Oh, I don't. I don't. I don't know him, but you know, Tucker is. You know, he's absolutely right. Yeah. And think about all the rest of the implications of this, right? He, the, the, it's insanity to say that truth is 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 going to be established by what an individual thinks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you know, you know, did 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 this rape happen? Did this murder happen? It wasn't rape to me. Right. No. No. I you know, I I, I self-identify as innocent. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's where this goes. Right. Oh. I, I, I self-identify as, as as not having been there. So yeah. I think doing okay. that thing. I think Tucker is holding his ground like he should be. Yeah. On this, but conservatives are not. So we were talking about this. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Betsy DeVos, um, you know, department uh, secretary yeah, of education. Yeah. 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 She um, uh, basically said that this transgender bathroom issue is a state's right issue. It's a state's right issue. So she's punting, right? And yeah. I'm, and we talked about this. Like if well, abortion's not a state's right issue, me determining if I'm a boy or a girl is not a state's right issue. It's it's not. Now I'd be uh, I'd I'd be happy to run the play just for fun because I think let's say let's say if abortion became a state's right like issue, we, like we've talked about before, we talked about this before, yeah. yeah. 
I'd be happy to run the play and let the cultures kind of see themselves over time. Sure. But the problem is conservatives are not defending on this issue. They're punting the state's rights because yeah. that's all they know how to defend right now. Well, they're punting the state's rights in hopes to be able to have a state um, um, fight against it. Take the hit for them. Well, to fight for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but in some some yeah. sense, some instances, we, we would want states to be able to have the right to not be under the, the, right. the hammer of the, gov- of the federal government. Absolutely. So yeah. I, ultimately, you know. Yeah. But I, th- I, th- I don't know. I th- yeah. I want them to answer the question, say, no, it's wrong, but the federal government is here, you know, <laughs> on this side. States' rights need to, need to legalize or um, fight against it and say, no, we're not going to do this. That's their jurisdiction, and they right. should be saying that it's wrong. Absolutely. You know? And, and you, know, you know, 150 years ago, we did this with the Missouri Compromise. Mm. Right? Slaves. Uh, flush that out. Slave flush, issue. Was, flush that out. <laughs> flush that out. Flush it out. Flush it out. <laughs> that, that's what we said with slaves, okay. right? And that was the issue. It's states states can decide. Yeah. Right? And the new states that come in will have one you know, one free state, one slave state. Um and you know, punting didn't work so well then. Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean Yeah, I, that's a good point. You know, I mean that's a good point. I mean right. <clears throat> I, I'm against the 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 centralization of so much. I mean, so Absolute, in one sense, absolutely. like the more decentralizing we can do the better. Uh, and on the other hand, I think ultimately this is not gonna end well for us. No. Um because you can't just keep punting divisions. That's right. You have to have it, it. It's you either fight now or you fight later, and you know. I read a a, a book called The Founding Brothers, actually, uh, by a guy named Ellis, along a little while ago, and he was talking about this issue being. It, it's it's in the foundation of our country. It was it was being fought about. The whole slave issue is being fought about at the founding of the country, and they kept on punting it, mm. kept on thinking it was going to get oh, better, right, right, and it right. never got better. And wow. I think one of the things that I learned from that is somebody needed to throw down. Right then and there. Right, right then on and that. there. Yep. And I yep. think because we didn't, we yep. went and butchered ourselves. Wow. And we're still dealing with And we're it. still butchering ourselves. Yeah. When we come back on Cross Politic, the author of The Great Good Thing, Andrew Claven, How a Secular Jew. How, how a Jew Comes to Christ. Yeah, How a Secular Jew Comes to Know Christ. More with him when we come back on Cross Politic. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house, not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world, not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. Welcome back to Cross Politic. We are really excited with our guest today, 
Mr. Andrew Clavin. He's the author of internationally best-selling crime novels, such as True Crime, turned into a film by Clint Eastwood, Don't Say a Word, filmed wow. by Michael Douglas, Empire of Lies, a number of other awards, novels, and so forth. I'm looking at the back of this book, The Great Good Thing, which is the thing that we're really excited about yes. talking with Andrew today about. Uh, but, you know, he's got, he's got write-ups from Stephen King. Wow. You know? Uh, New York Times, Forbes, Publisher Weekly. So, Andrew, we are really, really grateful to have you on the show today. Thanks for being on here. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, uh, I, uh, Chocolate, you got to give me the book back. I'm trying to figure out how do we get these guests. This is amazing. You keep stealing yeah. my book, but I, I really, I wanted to start. Um, actually, want to start at the end. Mm. Um, which is always a good place to start when you haven't read the book. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, you know, I just, I just love this in your acknowledgments. Um, before I began this memoir, I would have said if asked that my work was my life. Having finished, it now seems to me that in fact my life was my work. A work assigned to me, to the author, by his author. Mm. Oh. The work of journeying to a true faith. Um, I, I love that. I was telling you a moment ago before we started, um, I, I've, really been blessed already from what i've read in, in the book it's, it's beautiful um that's just a oh, it's just, it's just, a, just a little snatch of it there in your acknowledgements but um talk to us a little bit and talk to our listeners a bit about um how you came about to write the great good thing well it it started uh at the i guess at the moment of the, that i realized that i should be baptized i grew up uh uh, in a Jewish household, I was an agnostic. I call it an agnostic, but I was a practicing atheist most of my life. Yeah. And about five years before uh, I was baptized, I, had, I realized, I came to understand that there was, in fact, a God, and I developed a relationship with him. And I had this kind of shocking moment after five years of prayer when I said to God, you know, you have changed my life. This relationship has changed my life so beautifully that... I don't. I don't know how to say thank you. I don't know what I, just some schmo, can do for you or God. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and and the the words kind of came directly, immediately into my head, almost as if they were spoken there, saying, "You should be baptized." Huh. And I, wow. I immediately said, "You, you got to be kidding me!" You know? <laughs> <laughs> why would, why would I, I mean, nothing was further. Truly, nothing was further from my mind. And. Yeah. Because it created a lot of problems for me, problems with my family of origin. I knew it would create problems with my father. I knew it would create problems. I was working in Hollywood, uh, writing screenplays. I knew that would create right. some problems. No. I, I, really, <laughs> I, I, I started looking for a loophole, you know. I started thinking, well, maybe, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe I just made that up. I, you know, maybe it was just something that came into my head. It could be a, clo it could be a closet Christian. Fairly, say it again? So you, you could be a closet Christian, maybe. <laughs> right, right. Maybe I could hide it. And, um, you know, I, I spent five months, kind of tormented five months, going over my life, uh, bit by bit to see if I had made a mistake, you know, to see if the logic held up, because everything in my life has been about, everything in my life has been about making sense. Right. I've always wanted my ideas to make sense, right. you know, to, to not say the kinds of things that you say in a philosophy class, but the minute you leave the class, they don't mean anything. Right, know? right. And so, so that experience of going over my life 
became the basis of a book, and it was it was ten years before I wrote it because huh. I didn't know why anybody would be interested in it. It was you know I'm a storyteller. I tell stories about gangsters and shooting and crime and right. stuff that's right. inherently interesting. I didn't know why anybody would want to hear about my life, but it started to occur to me over time that kind of everybody was in the situation I was in, like. Everybody mm. was, is in this default atheist world, yeah. you know, a world in which we are told constantly by entertainment, by professors, by the news media, that, that if you believe in God, you're kind of weird, and if you believe in Jesus, you're a dope, you know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're not one of us, you know, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're Clem from out in the flyover country, now, you know. Now, and, uh, yeah. Now, I was, yeah, um, you mentioned when you were younger in your book— you wanted kind of talking about some of your logic and how you kind of had this, you had this need to make sure everything made sense, even in your dreams. And, yeah, and you, even you, my daydreams. Even yeah. your daydreams, right. And, and you'd say, even if, even if the dream was kind of a, a wacky dream, you still needed like the internal logic to work its way out. And yeah, you, it was, kind of, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I was just, I was just going to say, it seemed like that was kind of like almost the beginning of, and, and of course you can always look back 2020 to better understand what happened in the past. But um, it, was, it seems like that was kind of the beginning of you even thinking about or, or making your way towards Christ. It, it definitely was. I mean, and that, that was kind of the reason I wanted to write the book, was just to say that with just that, just that, the insistence on making sense, yeah. you, get, you get to God. I, I, you know, and, and that... Because, you know, I, when I was coming up, uh, relativism, moral relativism was just becoming the thing. It's what you were taught in school. You were taught that there was no one better moral path and another moral path. It was all opinions, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, and one culture was as good as another and so on. And, and I just, <laughs> over time, just pure observation gave me to know that that was ridiculous, you know. <laughs> and, and it just it takes a long time. It takes a long time to break out of the water. You know, they were surrounded by this kind of culture like it's the air we breathe, and you don't even know you're in it, unless you start to make sure that you make sense, and then suddenly you realize that certain things you're being told just don't work. One of the things I really appreciate is how you do, and you've already noted this, but you, in your book you're, you're having to reckon with just how big of a deal it would be to convert, You know how big of a deal, all the ramifications. You reference you know, your father, your family, Hollywood, so on. Um, I, I really like this section in the introduction. You, you said, as a writer, I prided myself on seeing and describing the world as it was, not as I wanted it to, or thought it was supposed to be. I made my living writing hard-boiled fiction about tough, cynical men and femme fatales swept up in ugly underworlds of crime, sex, and murder. Would I suddenly be reduced to penning saccharine fluff about some little girl who lost her pet bunny, but Jesus brought it back again? <laughs> oh, God, I prayed fervently more than once. Whatever happens, don't let me become a Christian novelist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great! I, I, I read that. I thought he he understands, <laughs> and, and, you know, especially you know. It really is tough, you know. It's like I know. I, I, I feel there's a lot of pressure to sort of create Candyland for Christians. You know right. that like God is supposed to be God of this perfect world, and you know people die and you're not supposed to feel grief because you know they're going to a better place and i just don't live in that place at all i mean i live in a place where you know corruption is there every single minute of the day in my Mm. own mind and in the world around me you know people don't talk without can hardly get out a sentence anymore without cursing you know i can't create a fake world for christians to live in that makes them feel good when i'm living in a world that's sort of 
is at odds with everything that's in my heart. You know, I have, I want to create that world, so you can see God in that world, yeah. uh, not in not in that kind of you know God is not dead, perfect universe. Yeah. Right. Now, Andrew, you're a, you're a Jew, right? I'm a Jew. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, when you talk about, you know, kind of uh, finding God, it seems like a lot of times our conception of Jews, especially from the evangelical standpoint, we look at you guys like big brothers in a lot of ways. <laughs> so, you know, and for some of us, it's hard to imagine that how disconnected you are from, um, you know, you say relative, you were a relativist at the time, you know, and again, pra- basically a practical atheist. And a lot of people are hearing that and saying, what you have? Dude, you're a Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, you, you had God's know, law. You know, you're practicing all the time. What? <laughs> <laughs> but this is this is very common in the Jewish community. You know, I mean, I, I grew up. My father it was very important to my dad that we knew Jewish culture, and we went to Hebrew school, and I was bar mitzvah. But he didn't really believe in God, and and my mother was the most convicted atheist I ever met. I mean, she lived and died just thinking the whole thing was nonsense. And so for me, it just became this kind of empty exercise. You know, why am I learning Hebrew? Why am I reading the Bible? What, you know, what what sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense. Um, And so so I felt I was kind of, it was kind of just this empty house that uh, I was in. And on top of that, you know, and this is something that this is so touching to me because evangelicals in, in America are the best friends the Jews ever had. Hmm. But Jews are convinced that many Jews, I should say, are convinced that Christians are their enemies. You know, that hmm. this history of anti-Semitism that grew up in Europe, uh, you know, in the Middle Ages right. sticks. Yeah. And, and they're always they always feel that. To, to go over to the other side is to defect to the enemy. Very good. That's a very much of a default Jewish position. And um, and I remember I remember I told one Jewish friend. I think I put this in the book. I, I told one Jewish friend I'd been baptized. And the first thing he said to me was, "They'll still kill you." <laughs> oh. Oh, man. We got you now, Andrew. <laughs> I remember I was at this church one time. Um, this must have been about 10 years ago. And I was looking through their church newspaper. And this is just a, a, a bad theology, bad view of the end times kind of um, a problem here. But uh, there was, I think it was Pat Robinson uh, uh, was on the front of this of this ad in their newspaper saying, help persecuted Jews return to Israel and see biblical prophecy fulfilled. Oh yeah. Basically, you could donate money to help Jews fly home to Israel oh, yeah. and fulfill oh, biblical yeah. prophecy. Yeah, I remember. Uh, it, which is that. about about like trying to ship African slaves we, back to Africa, right? We don't want to go back. <laughs> we're, good. We, we're good. We're good. We're good. Hey, we're let's good. put you back in the Middle East and see how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a good time here, but yeah. I have to go back to bring on yeah. the end times. Yeah. You, you can still write for us. That's fine. We'll take your letters and, and your stories. And the internet stuff. works. <laughs> yeah, right. You got an email. Why not? Yeah. yeah so you you. Are, you Go, go ahead, Toby. I was just going to say, have you found, I mean, so, you know, you said, you know, this, this Jewish culture was sort of this empty house, but I mean, so since coming to Christ, ha- have some of those things from your past that never made sense, have, have they come in handy? Have they kind of clicked for you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I never felt, you know, I mean, I always felt like a cultural Jew, you know, I was a, I was a yeah. wiseacre, you know, sure, right, <laughs> I yeah, say, right. uh, you know, I was an urban guy and all this stuff, but but only when I found Christ did I suddenly think, "Oh, I get it." You know, I get, mm. I, I get what a Jew is. You know, now I understand huh. in, in what way I'm a Jew. Uh, it just didn't exist before that. I would never have said, if a, if a religious Jew had said to me, "Are you Jewish?" I would never have said just yes, 
in, right. in my whole life, you know. Do you, and and now I, I you know when people, when you said to me just now, are you a Jew? I immediately think, yeah, I, that's definitely what I am, and that's because of Christ, not, mm. not instead. And, and and is it and and for you? I mean, again, coming to Christ, um, I don't. Know, there's a, some some sense in which. Uh, you know, of course, w- one of the things that is so beautiful about the gospel is that, you know, the gospel is for the Jew first, and and then and also the Gentile. Yeah. But is it, it almost seems like there's this even this deeper, um, you know, resonance. Not not you know not that it's a you know a, a different salvation or a different Jesus, but you know just that there's um, that love of God for His people. Um, seems like that would just be something that would really be beautiful to you. I, I, I occasionally sit, I'm embarrassed to tell you, I, I occasionally sit in church thinking, gee, Jesus and I are the only people here who have been bar mitzvah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's hilarious. And yeah, it, it does. And, you know, there's even, even in, in the way people talk in the Gospels, you can hear that echo of that, that Jewish slang, that questioning, that kind of uh, dialectic, that yeah. love of that love of going back and forth, and the way that the way that logic defeats, you know, even even a, a Jew who disagrees with you has to re- go, retreat in the face of logic. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff is in the gospel, and it, it does make me feel very at home. You know, it makes it, you feel like, oh yeah, I know who these people are. Yeah. You know. Um, you know, so I want to I want to tie a big chunk of the of the book together here real quick. When you when you were younger, you you seem to have a a good respect for your dad, but also um, a a very challenging relationship with your dad. And then as you got older, um, uh, because of it, seemed like you kind of tied in some of uh, how your dreams began to kind of consume you a little bit. Your daydreaming consumed you a little bit. And how that also grew into kind of as you got older, you also had kind of a, a high level of anxiety. Um, it, yeah, it, it seems yeah. like all that was connected, your relationship with your dad, your daydreams. And, and as you got older, it kind of came back around to it basically bring you to the point of suicide. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, and I think a lot of that, you know, I don't want to blame my dad. It's, it's, it's tough for me to talk about him because he was a good person, you know, like yeah. people who worked for him loved him. Uh, he was really wonderful uh, to my mother. His his marriage has been an inspiration to me in my marriage. Yeah. Mm. He and I just did not get along. I mean, there was something about me that really bugged him. He, yeah. he did not treat me the way he treated my brothers. Uh, he was much harsher with me. And mm. yeah. he was a professional comedian. And when a professional comedian starts to take you Woo-hoo! to pieces, even verbally, yeah. it's, it's savage stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's uh, and, and you know you're you're a little kid, so you have no you have no yeah. ammunition. You can't fight that. humor. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. And it gets in your head that you are a bad guy. There's something wrong with you. And even even when you know your father's wrong, you're always you know how a guy kind of incorporates his father into himself. Yeah. So you're fighting with yourself in the end. He's, he's not even there. You're still fighting with yourself. Yeah. And that became, you know, a very uh, tormenting thing. He ran me down a lot. He told me I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do, and I would yeah. never, you know, get to where I wanted to get to. So as I, even as I was struggling to succeed, I was struggling against myself, and that yeah. ultimately just tore me to pieces. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was really... Um, it was really sad in a lot of ways because, first of all, I grew up in a, a nice neighborhood. You know, I had my parents stayed married. Uh, you know, yeah. my, my brothers were all nice people. It should have been great. You know, it should have been great, but it was really fraught and it was really hmm. filled with a kind of subtle violence. And, uh, and you know, I just came to a point where I couldn't move forward anymore. I seriously did not know 
how to live. Hmm. I did not know how I could incorporate the pain I felt and the struggle I felt inside myself. And I, I actually did have that night, I talk about in the book, where I sat there. I had a wife that I have adored now for 40 years, and I adored her then. Amen. I had a daughter I adored, and I was literally sitting there thinking they'd be better off without me. When I go back to it in my head, I just want to slap myself. You know, I want to reach back into the past and just slap <laughs> that guy. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and, and by the way, you know, one thing that I always try to tell young people is I, I thought I was in the pit of hell and I was around the corner from home. You know, like mm. I was so close huh. to starting to come out of that pit. So close, like yards away from yeah. day, daylight. Yeah. And it just seemed like I was in utter darkness. And, um, and that's, you know, one of the things when you, you open by reading that acknowledgement in the book, one of the things that happened to me when I read the book, and it was really magical, was suddenly when I put it all down on paper, I could see Christ there in all these crises, just just like yeah. that, that sentimental thing they talk about with the footprints in the sand. Yeah, you know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can mean, stuff like that. But hey, there's your like Christian that. authorship sorry, coming yeah. out right there in that uh, <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it really was like... I. I I had to be a knucklehead to miss it when it was happening, yeah. but I did miss it when it was happening. I only saw it when I wrote it down. Yeah. Did your wife later become a Christian too? I don't. I, I didn't read the last chapter of the book, so she she did. Yes, um, she had. You know, she had been kind of like me, uh, just an agnostic kind of person who would say, "Oh, well, I'd like to believe, but how can you believe that stuff?" And then she had a very dramatic experience. Her mother, uh, after a long illness, died in her arms, oh, and wow. she came home from that. Wow. And she said, I, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, huh. I, I saw the spirit leave. I know there's something else, you know. Mm. Wow. And so that kind of prepared her for, for my change. And then, and then she basically came into the church with me. Wow. I love how you end the introduction. You say, other men are born into their faith and never leave it. I was planted elsewhere and had to find my way. And when my five-month pilgrimage to the Santa Barbara Hills was done, I came home rejoicing. I was convinced and fully convinced. My mind was God's, my soul was Christ's, my faith was true. It's been a really blessed time to talk to you this afternoon, Andrew. Um, we need to schedule him for a whole hour. I would happily come back again. Well, oh, we well we, uh, your book is a huge blessing. It's a blessing to the church. It's a blessing to me. You know, I grew up in the church. Yeah. And, Amen. Um, you know, praise God. Um, what a blessing. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. This is Cy Timbrinke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. In California in the 1950s, car ownerships were printed on pink paper. Racing for pinks was a drag race in which the loser of the race would forfeit ownership of his car to the winner. Now imagine you were going to have a race for pinks. The first thing you'd want to do is make sure your opponent actually owns the car that he's driving. Let's say you produced your pink slip and asked your opponent to do the same, but he just revved his engine and yelled, Come on, let's race. What are you afraid of? Now, you might be confident that you'd win that race, but you'd be crazy to race him if you couldn't prove that the car was his. Even crazier if you knew that he'd stolen it. As Christians, we're commanded to engage people with the defense of our faith. Our opponents will come at us with logical, scientific, and moral objections to the existence of God. But who owns logic? Who owns science? Who owns morality? Jesus Christ. In Romans 11.36 we read that from God, through God, and to God are all things. 
When the unbeliever attempts to engage you, they're doing so with stolen goods, and we let them. Jesus Christ has equipped us with tools for reasoning. Don't let the unbeliever steal them when they want to engage you. Make them account for them. Make them show you their pink slip. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com. I don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love that track. Welcome back to Cross Politic, y'all. Andrew Clavin. Man, what, an, awesome. what an encouragement. We yeah. got to get him back on the show. Uh, we Yes, we are. Bottom line. Uh, um, man, I, I was just I was just blessed. Blessed by several. I mean, he's an amazing writer. And I'm serious. I mean, like, praise God yeah. for saving Andrew Clavin. Amen. I, I, I couldn't put the book down. Yeah. I really couldn't. Yeah. I, was up, I was up late last night. I got to the last chapter and I was finally falling asleep. Yeah. Um, but it was a great read. And just, um, <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that you actually told him he didn't finish the last chapter. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew, I, I couldn't wanted, put your book down. What happened? Because, because what happened? That, <laughs> it makes for a good interview. Like, what? What's going to happen? Andrew, tell me. <laughs> nice save. Nice right, save. Hold on, hold on. So I want to come back to what we were just talking about before. Yes. Clavin. Which was? Uh, you had a question. I, yeah, I had a question. So so you, right right when closing out the segment, you mentioned that the founders debated slavery and punted. Right. You, um, so in the Constitution, it doesn't it doesn't actually mention explicitly the institution of slavery, but it mentions indentured servitude. I think that's the word it uses. Yeah, is yeah, that right? Yeah, it is indentured servitude. Um, and it, and then it punts, and it specifically says that we won't we won't deal with this issue until I think it's eighteen fifteen. I'm pretty sure that's I can't the date. remember the dates. It's yeah. it's it's like you know, 50 years on or something or, or, or right. 30 years on or something like that from the signing of the constitution. Yeah. Um, so they're punting that. But yeah, uh, punting uh, is maybe a strong word. Okay. Um, I think what they're trying to do, and this is coming from me, someone who wants slavery to end, but I think when they're, what they're trying to do is nation build off indentured servitude. Uh-huh. So giving themselves a time frame to continue to build the na- build America off of indentured servitude without abolishing uh, indentured servitude, so that they can have a way to do it without, with when you don't have money, right? That's what you do. Yeah, but right? I- but so I think, but they their indentured servitude ran amok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. It ran amok. Well, I think also the thing that Ellis points out, I forget his first name, is maybe it's Joel Ellis, the Founding Brothers. I think is the name of the the book. Okay. Um, he points out that actually a lot of the, the, the founding fathers had really good reasons to believe that it was dying out. It was dying out in the North, especially. What they didn't count on is for it to blow be so up. big in the it, South. It got so big in the South. It was oh. it was still getting big in the South. Yeah, and it was really gonna. It was not only gonna get big, but it was gonna go down deep. It, yeah. it, it was sort of a thing, but then it became like the thing, or, right. or like one of the things that really. I mean, and it became why, industry. That's why I have mixed feelings about what you're saying, though, because building the nation on that. Well, every nation was built off of some form of slavery, yeah, you're or right. indentured servitude. Yes, but but these, but, there, but it but, doesn't have to be that way. But given, right? I, mean, I don't to, have a, but, to, wait, to build a nation means you come I'm, over here but, and you have to wait, work. Everyone I don't have a problem. Work. I think if we had a biblical form of indentured servitude, but slavery is bad, David. Slavery is. <laughs> Why is well, the black guy well, on our show no, 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 arguing no, no, in favor? No, 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 no. Slavery, according to the Bible standard, is not bad. Yeah, the problem is is that we had unbiblical slavery. I need to say this because most people are going to say, "What is the Negro doing talking about?" <laughs> slavery it was, is good. It was it was unbiblical slavery. It was unbiblical slavery. There is and, a form of good biblical slavery that I think can handle a lot of our situation and, and, and with uh, ahead, yeah, a lot of our situation right now what we have with people coming into the country right. who don't know our customs, who don't know our culture, right? right? And coming to someone who can uh, um can manage and can and and have a good stewardship over over so, 
yeah. over uh, uh, illegal coming into America, we can actually help. I think that's a good biblical thing to help build the nation because then David. the person's responsible for that person. They're also training and teaching that person our customs, and then they're also uh, educating them to move forward Chocolate, to live in our culture. As, as Choc- a free man. Chocolate, as a free man. Chocolate yeah. Knox wants to- uh, It moves in, towards in, freedom. He wants to enslave all the refugees. You guys <laughs> heard it first here on Cross Politics. <laughs> Indentured servitude leads towards freedom, God's biblical way, yeah. in nation building. So yeah. I don't have a problem with good indentured- yeah, no, so, so here's the thing. So, yes, yeah, so biblically speaking, the, 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 the greatest sin, of course, was the fact that our indentured servitude was race-based. And yes, right? and, well, and that and owning someone, and, and and that it was perpetual with no end, yes, with that's no right. end, right? That's right. And so, biblical indentured servitude allowed for temporary servitude, and also always allowed for the per, the ability to um to to um buy your freedom. Yeah, that's um, right. And every seven years, um, slaves were freed. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, I can't really think of the guy, but there was a guy, the the person who actually started that. Uh, set the standard for was a black man who wanted to own another black man and said, no, he belongs to me. So it wasn't initially that that mm. uh, progression of indigenous servitude or slavery wasn't started by yeah. white people, but they definitely capitalized on it. Right. And, and I will. And, and you are absolutely right. Talk just to be clear. I'm teasing you. But I know. I know. But but, but you're absolutely right. Um, indentured servitude is actually inescapable. Yes. It yes. always exists. Yes. And today we call it welfare. That's right. We call that's right, all right, and that's a horrible form and, of indentured servitude. And and and, yeah. and 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 in fact, given how much you know, the fact is the matter is the federal government actually owns basically all the land, yeah, yeah. all of us, you know, and owns us. We're we're, we're, we're like all that. slaves. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, you know, you got to pay your taxes or you're going to get kicked off your land. Well, yeah, yeah was it? I think, you're going to get taken to jail. There's yeah. a documentary called The Thirteenth, yeah. um, yeah. where they talk about that the people that are arrested and spend time in jail. Guess who owns them and is using them for slave labor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the go- government, government, yeah, yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. a biblical form yeah, where you're the, paying, gover- the government the prisons, and, and they're pipping, pri- and they're pipping them out to uh, industry, industries, and make, companies. Yeah. Our, yeah. our prison system is a modern, slave a clear system. modern yeah. form, and right. it's inescapable. Yeah. Um, and so, someone there is, and biblically speaking, when someone steals from you, guess what? They owe you something, right? You, you they, are indentured and slaved to them until right. you, until pay, you it pay it off. Yeah. There, there is a payoff. But to be clear, of course, the, the biblical system is you. You pay it back. You do Five restitution, fold. restitution, That's and right. you're free. You pay it back plus twenty percent. That's right. Usually, uh, sometimes a little bit more, depending on what it was, and then you're done. You're done. Right. And 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 the only time you would actually do time, so to speak, would be because you're working it off. That's right. That's and it. There's there's not like that's why it, our prison system is unjust because they're trying to measure like you need to suffer a long time. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like Roman Catholicism to, gone bad. According to what standard? It's like purgatory. There's always going to be some form of slavery operating. Yeah. The question is, according to what standard? Yeah. So, and, and it's always, and God's way is the best way. Absolutely. You know, it's it's way better to fall into the hands of God and His word, <laughs> because otherwise you've got the machinations of man. Yeah. And our standards of justice and our whims are we're back to that that. That what's that guy? The flake, the floof that we were just listening to a little while ago. That's talking to Tucker. Oh, uh, Zach. Uh, Whatever. Zach. Pet, Petkins. Floofy Pet Zach. Zach loser. Zach. <laughs> All right. Zach. Gave it so much. I've not seen him this upset about somebody. <laughs> he in a he long annoyed time. me so much. Like you can't follow an argument, <laughs> dude. Yeah, but that's tyranny. Yes, absolutely. Right? It's absolutely. tyranny to be ruled by somebody who says I'll be whatever I want. So truth it, is whatever I want. Ooh, man. So, tyranny. That's a great point. Yep. Yeah. Right. Whatever Amen. I want. Uh, so I'm a man. I, I'm a woman. I have a listener. We have we have a uh, one of our listeners sent us a memo that kind of actually plays a little bit into this. Hey, this is Kalen from Bristow, Oklahoma. Just wanted to say I've been enjoying this show, and I have a quick question. Every year, I don't make a whole lot of money, so and I have three children, and so I get tax money back called earned income credit. It is not my money, so I wanted to see what a 
what you guys would say as far as a biblical worldview to do with that money or what should what should be done. Just wanted your thoughts on that. Thanks. Have a good one. I want to punt. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, Kalen, for the call. <laughs> Didn't you just say that punting was bad? <laughs> and we're I'm, not playing football. Come I'm, on, man. I'm shaking my head. Oh, All right, man. so the situation is he's yep. got a family, he's got three kids, he's yep. got tax deductions, right? Yep. yep. And he he gets more money back than he pays in taxes. Is what he's saying. He gets he gets in earn income tax credit back. So they give him extra money. Someone else's money. That yep. that right right that our government well, that our but, government but, stole. But here's here's the problem. I, actually, I don't mind him doing whatever he wants with the, with the money. If he has a, if he has a conscience about it, give it you know donate it, give it to charity because it's not it, it, to him. It becomes not about the money. It comes about the principle. That's right. fine. Right. But I I because we're taxed in so many different angles and so many different ways. At this point, the government is stealing from us because yeah. of our our current tax structure and system the government is stealing from us so i don't have a problem the government paying me back what they owe me well and, they probably owe them a lot more than whatever it yeah, was absolutely they right <laughs> because you get income tax you yeah. get sales tax you get property tax you get everything that you buy smoke breathe yeah. you know eat restaurants i mean it's all tax the system's rigged yeah the system's rigged so it's hard to know actually how much that he really deserves back right, right for that they've taken from him that's right. what's messed right. up right. so um yeah. But this 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 goes back into the slave mentality. I know. Is is you know we need to first think like Christian. Right. First try to think like a free man, which is very hard for us in our society. Right. And then and then kind of operate to the best of your ability yeah. after conscience. I think for, yeah, and I would say you know first of all yeah, and I, and I think you start by just asking the question that what, what, what's his name? Kalen. Kalen. Thanks for asking the question. It's a good question, and I think yeah. more Christians just need to ask that question. Recognize, like, yeah. that, yes, right. Need to be know, thinking about this because I think I think so many Christians just think I deserve whatever I've got coming to me, mm-hmm. right? Free college. You owe me. You owe me. Right? It's yeah. it's tax season, so I get refunds. I get credits. I get it. I you owe it to me. No, they don't owe it to you. Well, they could be thinking, I, you know, massa. I've been good. <laughs> right, but that's I've like, been good, and so you know you. Thanks for that small penance of a refund. You you owe me a little something, master, for you know yeah. for payday. Yeah. You know, a little extra beans. But you got to recognize that the the government is paying us to be good. Mm. Yeah, right. They're they're paying us to be quiet and be good. And this this you know buy yourself a new TV. Here's, <laughs> go get you your, remember George Bush's uh, fifteen hundred dollar or twelve hundred dollar. Uh, go go get yourself stimulus. a new go get yourself yeah. a new rifle. You know, hey, be right. be nice, be good. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I I don't think I think you live in a system that you live in, and and you know is 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 you know is it sinful for Daniel in Babylon to take you know the tax credit? No. Yeah. I, I'm I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to say like you know that you're in sin, but I think the the question is is what are we going to do? We yeah. live in a system that's messed up. Uh, where there's all kinds of corruption, we are overtaxed, right. yeah. Um, and and I think we need to be taking steps to um, at least be thinking biblically about it. And I think that's got to translate into some practical steps that where you don't just say like that's my money. Yeah, but let's Absolutely. let's worry about it from from his perspective, since I think that we can only operate in where we have rule over. Yeah, this is a direct area he has rule over to do something with this money. Right. So he gets this money. And he's feeling to himself, It's he already said it. He knows what to do. Anybody who said, it's yeah. not my money, your so, conscience already has, uh, is functioning. So for several years, uh, early on in my marriage, um, I didn't take the money. And then you got a bunch more kids. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I, no, I didn't. I, 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 I intentionally didn't fill it out, that, yep. that section yep. in, the, in the tax for several years. I took back the money, my refund, and I didn't take the extra credit stuff. Yeah. 
Um, and then at some point, I don't know what happened in the system, but I still did that, and they would send it to me anyways. No way. So they they would they would the, say they oh, would say oh you made a mistake you here's your you, money you're owed you know another thousand dollars or whatever don't you want it um, so what I've done for a number of years is I actually I uh, I do a double tithe on it uh-huh. yeah I, I do so I I, I tithe um, you know a twenty percent sometimes more but that's what I've typically done I do a double tithe on it as a kind just away from myself yeah like it's a it's a mental note to me. That I don't think this is the best way to be doing things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I live in this world. I live in this system. And I, and again, I wouldn't bind in somebody's conscience with that. That's just, that's just what I've done. But it's been a way for me to just mentally know, like, you know, I, I want this. I, I want, you know, I want to do something. I want, I want to bless yeah. the work of the kingdom. Um, yeah. God, you know, it's sort of a way of me just lifting this up to the Lord and saying, you know, you see me. You know that I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not grasping. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think part of what you're getting at here is you're getting at saying um, do not be dependent on the government's either faux generosity or whatever it is yeah. or be dependent on the government refund or be independent on the tax or, you know, payer in, un- unearned co- income credit. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't have a problem taking that, but, I'd also, but I, on the other hand, would have a problem with, let's say, um, sending my kids to public school and, and, and expecting everyone to be paying for my kids' education. Well, that's a, that's, tell, a, that's right? a good point. That's a good point. So, so how do I how do I sort through? Okay, um, I'm going to get the money regardless. When Bush sent out the stimulus check to everybody, I was like, he's going to send it no matter what. I can't tell, no, I can't say no to it. Well, you can. No, you can't. You're going to get it. You could rip it up. You could rip it up. That's about that's about all you can do. That's um, saying no. <laughs> but it's still there, right? The money's but still there. But you didn't touch it. No. But the point the point is filthy lucre. Oh, man. It's filthy lucre. You didn't man. touch that ark. Man, you guys are messing me up. You didn't. <laughs> that ark fell and hit the dirt, but you ain't touch it. <laughs> you don't have to grab it. You're saying stimulus is I'm, the come, ark is come the holy out, ark? Come out from among them. <laughs> well, you know what? Look, I'm gonna tell you, if if my conscience is bothered by it, I, I know that when I give money to my church and I'm giving my offering, I've had a friend say, Well, Acknowledging that before the government allows them to give you more money so that you can give to your church yeah. in the same way. Yeah. And I understand that. I get yeah. that. Um, but if I'm not being consistent in other things, first of all, I want to try in those areas first. Like yeah. if you're sending your kids to public school and you're trying to figure out what to do with government money, you've already lost. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So the first thing I want to do is I want to shore up the areas where I see that I, I think that Joel Joel McDermott was talking about this too. Yeah. Where are the areas? Even library fees. Even library even, fees, yeah. right? I want to be as consistent as I possibly can. If I'm going to start here where the government's giving me money, where, uh, what other areas can I start cutting off and, and actually paying for myself and not helping the system, right? Yeah. So if we're going to be consistent here, let's start across the board. Okay. No government schools. Okay. How do I pay for access to this? Okay. Yeah. Am I paying for this? And, Obamacare. And, oh, yeah. Obamacare. That's, that's, a, right? that's a tough that's one. That's huge. That's a tough that's one. Huge. That's very huge. Yeah. And it looks like some of that stuff, it might be going away. That's the hope. But um, so I, I think we, what we want to do is we want to be consistent across the board. And then when this issue comes up, it's like, well, well, I've been doing this consistently already. Right. And I think a big part of this is we have got to study our Bibles. Yes. Because yes. again, back to it's either God's way or it's man's way. Yeah. Right, well, he Man, doesn't, and he doesn't want to be still in. Man's way is tyranny. God's yeah. way is freedom. Yeah, there's there, where, where the spirit of God is. There's freedom. That's yeah. right. And but we that means we we have got to go back to school. We, yeah. we need to know our Bibles. That's and right. there's far more there than we think. Yeah. It, right, for too long we've been saying it's it's just you know, um, ask Jesus into your heart. Oh right. 
And that's it. And that's it. That's all the discipleship you get. Stop and, yeah. and, and be nice. Yeah. Yep. Right. And be nice. And but it's like that's not wisdom. Right? We have we have we have sixty six books of yep. God's word, and and the and the training that God gave His people in the old covenant is is training for us. Mm-hmm. It's training for us. Yeah. It it doesn't all apply in a one for one way, but right. it's wisdom for us, yep. and we need to know what that wisdom is. We need to know how to deal with our money faithfully, how to deal with our government faithfully. All these things, and we need to know God's word. Real quick, keep it, give it away. Keep it, give it away. Which, what would you do with the money? Well, what I'm, what I'm doing currently, what my practice has been is I do that double tithe, double tithe. And keep- so I give that away, and and then I use the other stuff the best I can. Gabe, keep it, give it away. Yeah, I'd, I'd keep it and just use it to best best of my ability and tithe it like like Toby did. And I've done it, way I've done it. I I've usually tithed it and then also found a charity or some sort of, you know. Christian school situation to give it to you, something like that. So. I think I'm moving towards don't touch it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you don't need reparations? Uh, oh. <laughs> no. No, I don't. <laughs> no. But if somebody wants to give me 10 acres and a dog, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take 10 acres, 10 and, a acres dog. and a dog. That's, that's but not... that's somebody giving it to me. Right. And and reparations is not the same thing, just so you know. Yeah. I, I'm just saying. So. Yeah. So la- lastly, um, we had one of our listeners from Alabama. I just want to close this out with this last um, uh, from Alabama. And they're pushing a proposition, not a proposition, but they're pushing a an executive order that they want the governor to sign in Alabama, I think called Prop 16. I haven't you, guys, heard? you guys have to Google it. Um, I lost my his contact info and the links he sent me, but it's in Alabama. And there's a big movement right now to get the governor basically to honor what's going on like same thing going on in arizona to yes. honor the current abortion laws in alabama and i just want our listeners to know about that if there's any way you can support them if you're you in can, alabama if you're in alabama if there's any way you can support them get the word out uh and everything that's a there's a real powerful opportunity big a good strong movement going on in alabama right now so be praying for them and if you can yeah. support them definitely go do that absolutely yeah. yeah hey guys it's good it's been really good great to, be back. to have you back brother yeah thanks Love for you, man. thanks for playing that special music for me at the beginning <laughs> Chuck. Welcome back. I feel really special. (laughs) This is Cross Politic. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast.